0: Good afternoon and welcome to let Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Tip Allen. You know, let Talk is the program for the Christian layman. That's the Lutheran who believes, but well, may we have some questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me. You know, there's a lot I don't understand. It, it doesn't have to be soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. Now, I, I find that Rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is the best way to understand it. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest pastor, Bill Swerva of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. I have my questions and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org. Or call in during the program at area code 314 8210850 in the St. Louis area. That includes Metro East or toll-free anywhere in North America at 1-800-730-2727. Well, I mean, oops, got to get the right button here. There we go. Okay, Bill, you're on the air. Or you're supposed to be. Why do I not hear you? Oops, that's why. That's the wrong button. There we go. You got the right button? Is that the button? That's the right button.
1: Oh, uh, hey, Kip, good to good to be back on yeah. the porch.
0: Oh, it's been a while, Bill. How's, uh, how's weather in St. Louis treating For, you? Freezing, freezing, absolutely freezing. Uh, I got up this morning. It was 13 degrees. Wind chill made it feel like five. Brutal. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that well. I did. I did a six-year
1: stint in in St. Louis. That's kind of that's like Lutheran purgatory, you know. I. I <laughs> I uh I, I managed to get like ten thousand years off of purgatory just by living in St. Louis. I actually love Saint Louis. Um at the time I was there. I was there between nineteen eighty six and nineteen ninety two with a year off in Tulsa for Vicarage. But uh we we loved it. We loved the gardens, botanical gardens, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of bicycling on the east uh side of the Mississippi and Illinois. There's a nice bike trail along the river. And the Katy Trail, loved that. Um Great restaurants. restaurants. The restaurant scene has improved uh, dramatically. Oh, absolutely. We've got since some really, really good food here. Yeah, whenever I come back, I, I have friends who are kind of foodies, and, and we always try something new, and it's really, really, really good. So St. Louis is a cool town, but the, uh, the, the climate's horrible. Climate is terrible.
0: Yeah, that, that is not one of the virtues of the Midwest.
1: No, and we won't be talking about what it's like outside my window here. You're today right. I don't, you, want, to, you, you I don't will, want to
0: hear it. You will hate
1: it. me. You will hate me. So I, I, won't, I won't mention the 74 degrees, sunny, blue sky.
0: No, we're not going not to go there. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you're surrounded by Californians. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm a Californian. I own it. I own it. Uh, well, I used to be. I lived, for, I lived up there for 30 years. We're not, we're not
1: all hazy and crazy. I mean, you know, there's the, it's, it's a diverse population. Let's put it that way. You only hear about one segment of it. They're loud, though, and uh, politically powerful. But, the, the, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in California. Okay.
0: Well, i will take your word for it. <laughs> it must have also to. changed a lot since I was out there last. You'll have to. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, well, we have had a very interesting week. As if anybody has been watching the news, and one of the things that uh... I assume you're talking about the the Rams New
1: Orleans football game and that and <laughs> call on pass interference. <laughs> well, well,
0: actually, I heard a great argument on that the other day. I said that uh-huh. uh, you know it may be a bad call, but bad calls are part of the game. They are. I mean, you know. In fact, they talked to
1: the they talked to the 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 defensive guy who was not called on that, and they asked him about it in the locker room. And he he basically said, "Heck yeah, that was pass interference." (laughs) He wasn't (laughs) denying it. In fact, he had this look on the field like, "You mean I'm not getting called for that?" Uh, (laughs) You know, if 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 it's not called, it didn't happen. I guess.
0: Well, actually, I was thinking of something else, and. uh, uh, a saying that I heard many years ago, probably being chastised by my father, was you don't exercise your mind when you jump it to conclusions. <laughs> yeah, right. There's something about assumptions, too, about when you assume you... Yeah, I make it out of you and yeah, me. Right. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little memory monomic there. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what we're talking about, what we're thinking about, what I'm thinking about specifically was this incredible incident in front of the Lincoln Memorial where a group of high school kids have been pilloried. And their crime seems to have been smiling while white while wearing a mega hat. No, their crime was wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything else they did after that, just forget it. It's it's tainted.
1: <laughs> you you cannot you cannot wear a MAGA hat and 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 not provoke some kind of reaction. This, by the way, is why my car has no bumper stickers. <laughs> I never wear T-shirts that have anything on them. They're just blank. Well, you know, my, my T-shirts are blank. Well, in California, it's probably necessary for you not to. Right, and and the only the only T-shirts that have any writing on them, I have one uh, with the periodic table of the elements. Uh, On this, that says I wear this T-shirt periodically. You know, it's a little uh, homage to my chemistry background. Uh, And um, I have uh, a couple of Cubs commemorative 2016. I have several uh, Cubs.
0: yeah, Cubs. You're talking to a St. Louisan about the Cubs. Go Cubs! Uh, I, oh. no, at 21 years
1: in Chicago, you don't. You never get over that. That's 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 just it's it's in the breed. Okay. And, oh. um, although I do make Southsiders shudder because I, I am a Southsider and and I d- do like the Cubs. But anyway, oh. I do have that. But I don't have any. Uh, I, I do not placard things. Uh, my hats, if, if I wear a hat, I'm not a hat person, but if I were to wear like a baseball hat, it's got nothing discernibly important on it because uh, this is just a dangerous world. You, you just don't go out there and put your stuff out there, especially if it's a MAGA hat. You know, what were they thinking? I, I understand that they're like dime a dozen in Washington. You can get them, you know, like, uh, and, and I assume that's what the kids did. Um, I not I've not heard the story, but I, I make the assumption. Yeah. And you were talking about assumptions, but I assume that you know these these guys are out there, and, and there's some street vendors selling red MAGA hats, and so they they bought a bunch and
0: thought it'd be cool to pose in front of the uh, Lincoln Memorial, which everybody does. Yeah, and they were there to meet their buses, and and, and I think part of it was that uh, you know they were there for the uh, right to life march, and uh, President Trump for whatever his other. Shortcomings have been is it strong support of the pro life movement, and it would seem logical to me that people who support pro life would support the president's position on this.
1: Well, you know, it's got nothing to do with the hat, and plus they weren't, to my knowledge, they weren't wearing the hat in the pro life march. They didn't come the pro life march wearing MAGA hats. Um, In fact, I think it's really a bad move. Uh, rhetorically, to po- to to politicize the abortion issue. Oh, it's uh, th- it's a human rights issue. Don't don't make it a Christian issue. Don't make it a Republican issue. It's a human rights issue.
0: I would agree with you, except for the fact that both political parties have addressed abortion specifically in their party platforms. No question. There's no they, way to they've avoid done it. It's a political it. issue. They've
1: done it, but but you know, my, my attitude is don't feed that beast because what it does is it moves the narrative off its proper center and and you know i we're probably going to get into is because i know where you're going here but but uh, a lot of this is about narrative framing it's about how we perceive um you know a particular event and
0: then how we narrate it how we retell the story and, yeah, it is, and also about how people see things that aren't there or don't see things that are there, oh, depending yeah. upon their, pre- their their preconceptions. Well, and let, let's face it. I, have you ever been to
1: Washington, D.C.? Yes. Yeah, so you've been on the mall. You've been Lincoln Memorial, done the mm-hmm. whole thing, right? Yeah, I've been yeah. all around there. It's, it, this is a magnet for craziness. Uh, you know, any given, like any random Tuesday, there's somebody demonstrating about something. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you cannot not have a demonstration or an encounter or an anything in in Washington. It, it is what it is. This is like a lightning rod of the entire national anxiety of absolutely everything anybody's ever thought of. So you, it's, this is going on all the time. This one drew the cameras uh... the media and a very swift reaction both in the mainstream media and social
0: media too Mm -hmm. Well, let me address the the mainstream media version first and i'm going to uh... sit here for a little bit and brag on my credentials before we go into this uh... i spent most of my life as a journalist I have a master's from uh, Northwestern's Med- uh, Medill School of Journalism. I have awards from various news organizations, including uh, AP, UPI, the Southern California Radio and Television News Association. Uh, my dad uh, was also a journalist. He had a B.A. in journalism, uh, B.J., actually, from the uh, University of Missouri and Columbia back in 1935. Numerous awards. So I've been raised up in this. And I'm going to say this is some of the shoddiest reporting I have ever seen. Uh, I just happen to have in front of me a copy of the Code of Ethics from the Society of Professional Journalists. And I'm going to read a couple of portions of this to you, Bill, and let's uh, go from there. For one, it says, you know, seek the truth and report it, then there's a number of bullet points. And here's, here's a couple of the bullet points. Verify information before releasing it. Remember, neither speed nor format excuses accuracy. Inaccuracy. Excuse me. Provide context. Avoid stereotyping. Journalists should examine the ways their values and experiences may shape their reporting. Show compassion for those who may be affected by news coverage. Use heightened sensitivity when dealing with juveniles. Every one of those tenets was violated. I like that last one.
1: That 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 is you. You cut you cut youth some slack. Yes, you do. It, that's cool. That, that's very cool. Is, I need to send a copy of that to the the editorial staff of the LA Times, our local newspaper. <laughs> I think they,
0: they violate all of those and more. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I know, you know when I was a news director, uh, well, uh, for, again, I'm going to brag on myself here. Uh, at one point, I was the news director of the largest uh, radio news operation in the Southeast. We were the biggest uh, outfit between New Orleans and Atlanta. My rule was two sources. If it's controversial, I want it confirmed from two separate independent sources. Do, do you think that the...
1: And so I, I, I take it your thesis here is that there's been a precipitous decline in journalistic ethics. Yes. And it's exemplified by this Covington High School incident uh, in front of the Lincoln Memorial. But it's not alone. There's 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 more. Uh, we, we got a Hold firestorm a week now. You know, everything's breaking news. Everything's firestorm. <laughs> Everything is outrageous. Uh, here's my question, though. Do you think this is because of the strong presence and influence of the Internet as a as a media source? and and the sort of the instantaneous news that it carries so you have news by Twitter news by Facebook news by Instagram um, and so th- things are just like facts are just thrown out there and what happens is that the mainstream media appears to be slow plotting they look like a senior citizen at, at a you know, at, at the it, it looks like somebody got confused and they went to the real Olympics and they they belonged in the senior Olympics. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and so you got all this these these facts flying at the speed of electrons, and here you got print and even to a great extent TV media uh, lagging behind. There, if they followed those standards, they'd be about forty eight hours or more behind the curve, and people would say hey, these guys are irrelevant. That's
0: old news. We were reading about this on Facebook two days ago. Well, I think that's definitely a factor. Um, the the problem, one of the major problems right now is there was the rush to be first rather than the rush to be right. Well, there, yeah, uh, see, and so
1: if, if you've been scooped by Instagram... And Instagram basically has a bazillion reporters because everybody with an account is a reporter. Hey, I saw something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a, a thing like this Washington Mall thing happens and everybody's whipping out their cell phones and, and uh, getting video. So everything is videotaped. That's, a, that's an ar- archaism. But, but, you know, everything is recorded, uh, photographed, uh, and instantly made available to the whole world. And so um, a responsible journalist is always
0: scooped. Well, I I used to tell my staff, uh, I'd rather miss a hundred stories than have to issue one retraction. (laughs) True. uh, Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think there's,
1: there's, this is not, it's not all the same cloth. For example... I generally find out about local earthquakes. Well, all earthquakes are local, but but little ones that don't necessarily make the national news. I find out about earthquakes more on Facebook hmm. first than I do from any news outlet. And the reason being uh, you know, I've got people in most regions, and, uh, you know, I, I have people, I have connections with people in most regions, and so somebody posts a thing, catches your eye, and says, oh, they must have had an earthquake. And then a few hours later, you hear it on the regular news. This is a relatively sort of harmless thing. You know, if you get it wrong, it's not a big deal. And it's kind of like a bare fact. There was an earthquake. There either was or there wasn't. Mm-hmm. But with something like this, where you have... Um, you, you have what, what one writer that I, I, I read on this called a contextless narrative. Okay, you've got this little video snip of some kids staring down a Native American beating a drum. And the kid and his cohorts are doing the Atlanta Braves, Kansas City Chiefs, Tomahawk Chop thing. And, and it's, it, it, it looks like they're mocking the Native American guy. You know, and and so, and that's all you know. You have this little framed, contextless
0: narrative, and everybody jumps all over it. Well, it it goes a little bit further than that, uh, Bill. If I would look at that from a point of view of a news director, my initial reaction would be, this story seems to be too good to check. (laughs) So (laughs) let's check it out. Ah, and the I, abundance of caution kicks yeah. in at this point. Yeah, and and I will say I was a much more cautious uh, news director and reporter for that matter. I think is that many... why you is that why it's a former. career? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you on KFUO that, yeah. talking to me. <laughs> hey, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Got a lot of trouble too, but
1: hey. That's right. He was slow. That's that that's this <laughs> everybody said that. You know, he was very thorough and accurate but man was he slow.
0: You know, I only had to do one retraction in my career. Now, this this was a funny story. Uh this was when I was down in uh Alabama. Uh we had a uh <laughs> We had this mayor and a city council member—actually, they were city commissioners at that time—who detested each other. They're always trying to one-up the other person. And there was a new—something silly, like a a new water plant was opened. And the one commissioner was supposed to be the guy who officially opened it. The mayor jumped in, stole it from him, and he did the opening. And uh, we reported—I had a reporter at the scene, and he uh, said—reported the mayor as saying— well, of course I upgrade. I, of course I jumped in ahead of, of uh, Commissioner Greeno on this thing. It'll be a cold day in hell before I let him do that. And uh, I got a call from the mayor saying that he strongly objected to that because uh, he was a devout Baptist and would never have said a cold day in hell. <laughs> so, and sure, unfortunately, he
1: did right. Yeah. You know?
0: And unfortunately, my my reporter did not have that section on his tape. Ah, uh, well. And I believe my it. reporter, but if he can't back it up. But, no, the, that's right. but the thing was, is that the mayor had absolutely, he was completely honest. Yeah, of course I, I upstaged this guy. <laughs> 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 he was upset that I used the word hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, and
1: a retraction. What, what are we talking about? You, when, when an event is reported, mm-hmm. um, I think we're looking at a couple of levels of discourse here. There's the, there are the facts of the event. And so you know, the first question I ask is, are the facts reported accurately? Is this actually what happened? Yeah. Um, all, all you know from what you see is you see a confrontation, but there's lots of questions because the camera, in a sense, the um, camera doesn't lie, but the camera filters. So there's, there were things that happened before that, and then there are things that are happening around that, and we don't know that, mm-hmm. see? And that's where the contextless
0: narrative thing comes in. Um, and so, as I you know, said, I, I could just see some news director or an editor saying, oh, yeah, this is much too good to check.
1: Yeah. And, and then, see, the problem I have is it's the second level of discourse where we're, we're interpreting the significance of the event. And this is not so nobody's arguing that there are a bunch of kids on the on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. There's nobody's arguing that there was a Native American activist guy banging his drum. And there was nobody arguing that there was some. Um, speaking of oxymoron, a uh, black Hebrew Israelites, <laughs> you know, now, now that to me, that says Washington mall just automatically. That's who apparently, and we weren't told this at the outset, were are taunting the, uh, the high school kids wearing the MAGA hats. Okay. Because th- that would be a natural yin and yang attraction. They right even there.
0: taunted some of the native Americans. Of course. So,
1: you know, I mean, this is, this is, so you've got this triangle of symbol, of symbolism. You know, it's just, it's just ripe for the picking. I think the, 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 the high school kids were kind of the innocent victims. They walked into a sort of a, a nitroglycerin situation and unwittingly struck a match to get a little bit more light in the room, you know, and it just wasn't, wasn't good. And the match, of course, being the MAGA hats. But you don't know all of this. All you see is this kind of this, this quick 30-second um, video. And, and so there's no context to the thing. And I think the, the greater sin on the part of social media and the part of the mainstream media was interpreting the significance of the event. Because they saw it as some privileged white, uh, white kids wearing MAGA hats. A disrespecting a Native American war veteran, war, don't forget the war veteran. Oh yeah, we there. can go into that one too. Yeah, so, you know, that, 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 that doubles down on the offense and, and they're disrespecting him and his culture. They seem to have conveniently left out probably wisely, the black Hebrew Israelites, because that throws a sort of comedic wrench into the thing, because, you know, it's like, what on earth is that? And you're immediately running to Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge.
0: (laughs) But then they also talked about how, uh, you know, how the kids uh, surrounded the Native American, they confronted him. Well, if you look at the video that's been later released, he confronted them. Yeah, he got in their face.
1: Yeah. And and in a sense, the kids didn't back down. By the way, did you see the the uh, what's her name uh, Guthrie? Um, yes, I
0: did. It was a disgrace. Savannah Guthrie
1: uh, interview. Speaking of journalistic ethics, oh. <laughs> you know, I had this feeling. I had a flashback to you know being called to the school principal's office in seventh <laughs> grade. For firing a spitball at some girl I liked, you know. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, I mean. But I'll tell you something. That kid, Nicholas S- Sandman, I think Nicholas Sandman, who's kind of like the, he's at the center of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he held his own. He did a nice
0: job. He did. He did. Uh, I was uh, you know, under with
1: the under the Klieg lights, you know, he's under the, the He's in the limelight of, and, and Savannah Guthrie is there of all people, and I thought he handled it well. He did not back down. He'd not admit to wrongs that he didn't do. Uh, he expressed a certain regret as, you know, I mean, you and I have been juniors in high school. We regret a lot of what we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought he handled himself very, very well. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe he had lawyers off on the side. I also hear, and this is another artifact of social media that I find very disturbing, is that, that the kid got doxxed. Oh meaning, yeah, meaning his personal information got released. He got death threats. His school got threats. Everybody's getting threats. That's the latest thing. I get ticked off at somebody and I issue death threats. Yes, you know that happened with the Kavanaugh hearings on all sides. Everybody's getting death threats, oh. and it's like, what is wrong
0: with the culture? It's uh, well, you're not just uh, on the other side and wrong. You're evil. Well, yeah, you have to do that. You
1: know, you, you always have to dehumanize your opponent. It's a war tactic because oh, yeah. that's that's how that's how you can kill somebody is you make them less human than you are. And so yeah, you you know, it's derogatory names and you you uh and you go after them personally and you somehow make them less than you are, because that
0: justifies anything you're about to do. It does. It does. And I mean if you look at war propaganda from any side. Uh, that's exactly what they do. They, right. they, they dehumanize the other side. So unfortunately, what
1: we've done is we've taken the public square and we've turned it into a war zone. <sighs> you know, and, and that, that's not good. If you want to, by the way, speaking of things interesting to read, mm-hmm. um, this is, I think, an appropriate moment, a time, uh, to read uh, Richard John Newhouse's classic, The Naked Public Square. Uh, this was written decades ago. And but it's a really good read. It's 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 a very well analyzed read. And and his point at the time, and I think he was uh, prescient if not prophetic here, is that what is happening in American culture is the stripping of the public square of all religion. Religion is is removed. I guess unless you're a black Hebrew Israelite, in which case it's <laughs> okay, but. Well, I, but, I... but you know, you know. In other words, with, you know, God and anything else. This has to be removed from the public square. But in the context of this book, it's a great discussion of what the public square is, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the the public square of America. Nothing more public square than than the mall. This is where the march. Uh, for life was and Mm -hmm. then there was a march for uh native american rights which i guess uh this activist nathan phillips was that's why he was there and i don't know why the black hebrew israelites were there but (laughs) they were there okay and so yeah they've got a history of showing up anywhere (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, everybody, everybody except the high school kids, has got a history. Okay, <laughs> you, know, you know, if you if you look up Nathan Phillips, the Native American activist, uh, he's got a long rap sheet of of confrontational behavior.
0: Well, that Monday, he tried to crash a mass at the uh, at the National Basilica. Yes, yes, he did. And,
1: you know, it was, I think the 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 Church of the Immaculate Conception or something like that, and they they realized he wasn't there for worshipful reasons, and were showing the. Door, but but he bangs his drum in a lot of situations, and uh, so I, you know, part of me, I, I, I view I view all news media as basically a form of entertainment. It is in the entertainment uh, division of of the uh, the broadcasting companies. So Isn't
0: that sad? It, it it speaks volumes. Neil Postman
1: wrote a whole book on that called "Amusing Ourselves to Death." Another prophetic. Do book. you
0: remember uh, the old movie Net, uh, Network? Network, I love that. And there was the fight where they got to, they put the news division under entertainment. Yes, that, that's that's right. Well, you know the
1: the thing is this this harkens back to the the old um, the San Francisco uh, who's who's the uh, who's the publisher of the San Francisco Examiner Chronicle for for uh, for whom Citizen Kane was made. Oh, that classic movie. Oh, I, uh, the name slips me now. This is what happens when you're getting old. But uh, <laughs> but but. but Oh, he, it's, he's got the big mansion up up north of, uh, north of Carmel. San oh, Simeon. I know who you mean. I, I, William Randolph Hearst. Randolph Hearst, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearst, yeah. but, but, you know, he, he basically told his reporters, if there's nothing happening, make some news. Yeah. You yeah. know, get, just get out there and stir it up and, you know, become the story, which that's a, that's a, a big <laughs> violation of journalistic ethics. But I think it goes all the way back a long ways. I think the whole thing is amplified. Oh, yeah by social media and amplified by the bloggers and all the instant stuff. We, we see the same thing today in theology, that everything is a theological crisis, everything is a heresy, Every, everything is a zero-sum game because it's played on the same field, it's played at, at electron
0: speed. Well, one heresy here is I've got a break and I, I can't. Oh, that's I not heresy, that's money. That's <laughs> that, that, No, that's no you gotta do that, yeah. Okay, we'll be back in just a few.
2: On the next adventure in Odyssey, emotions are running high as Connie visits Wit in the hospital. Where's Wit? How is he? Tell
0: me he's all right. I don't think I'll survive another shock in this waiting
2: room. And Wooten gets a shock of his own. There are fire engines on your street. Oh, well, I hope Mrs. Kramer's all right. Whoa. They're in front of your house. (gasps) Brace yourself for excitement and fun on the next Adventure in Odyssey.
1: Saturday mornings at 8.30 on KFUO.
0: How do we love our neighbor on the Internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of the Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most.
1: Get your free issue at cph.org/witness. That's cph.org/witness.
0: This is the day which
1: the Lord has made. For the lonely and homebound, for the grieving and dying, and for all those who are afflicted in body, mind, and spirit, especially for me. Join us for a live broadcast of chapel at the LCMS International Center weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO.
0: What is it that you want to share with us? Call the KFUO comment line at 314-996-1542. Tell us what we're doing right, wrong, or just leave a message with your thoughts on why KFUO is important to you. What would you like to hear on KFUO to make your listening experience better? You can call us anytime at 314-996-1542. Thank you for listening and sharing your thoughts with KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.
1: On January 27th, The United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. commemorates International Holocaust Remembrance Day, marking the 1945 liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp survivors.
2: It was established in 2005 to encourage a worldwide awareness of the approximately 6 million Jews killed during World War II to promote Holocaust education around the world.
0: The museum is one of the world's leading centers for research and education connected to the Holocaust. Prominently placed in the museum
1: are the words from Deuteronomy 4.9. Only guard yourself and guard your soul carefully, lest you forget the things your eyes saw, and lest these things depart your heart all the days of your life. And you shall make them known to your children and to your children's children.
2: Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C.
0: Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in, and today's pastor is Bill Swerlo from Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. I'm Kip Allen, program host, and we're sitting here on the front porch talking about perception. We're talking about the media. We're talking about changing ethics. We're talking about, well, you name it. It's, it's, it's way up there now. Bill, you mentioned uh, that book about the public, uh, about the public square, what it is nowadays. And I, there was a book that really was very influential to me when I was uh, when I was a young man called uh, "Future Shock" by mm-hmm. Alan Tobler. and the idea was that we are rapidly approaching a situation of uh, information overload as a society, and I think yeah. we're we're there. I think that's true, and and it becomes
1: undigested information you know and it's it's it, news is soundbite news it's it, these are the, it's a little bit it's what postman called the now this now that phenomenon so we have a little bit of this and a little bit of that they're unconnected they're unrelated uh and your brain just kind of like just absorbs these these little random events unfortunately this event at the Lincoln Memorial was just one more of many uh little little sound blips and and the lasting image is of a young junior high school kid wearing a maga hat uh basically staring down a native american guy beating a drum who happens to be a war veteran so you know make of that what you will the the trouble is you don't have the larger context i think we need to learn um, we, you, can't roll the, the, you can't roll the clock back on this. You, you can't change the no, speed of information. What you have to do is you have to learn a new kind of discrimination, a, a new kind of discernment. Uh, it, just like every, every tool changes who you are. So if you have a calculator, you don't have to do mental math. That's going to change. It's going to change something about you. And it'll create a dependency, and it will change society to a certain extent. Uh, the question is, you, or the, the issue is, I think you have to be conscious of what's happening, and you have to cultivate a set of mental discernment skills so that you don't rush to the same judgment. Mm-hmm. You, you, I think we need to be more questioning about what we are seeing on television or what we are seeing in
0: social media. Well, one thing I was uh, taught in journalism school was skepticism. Yes, you know, absolutely, absolutely question. I I remember one of the uh, very first uh, assignments I had in J school. We had a professor Ben Baldwin. He was a character, <laughs> and he said our, our uh, the, one of the assignments was we were supposed to interview him and write a uh, write uh, a, a, a personality article, a, a personality profile article for him. So we all sat down, we interviewed him, and did all that stuff, and we turned in our assignments. All everybody in the class, and he takes him up and he throws them in the trash and says, "You all just faked, failed." <laughs> Why says we, we we just quoted you and used exactly what you said. He said, "Because I lied, ah, and everything he he lied about was available in the classroom. In things like, uh, oh, uh, like the the like the, uh, the the faculty bios, things like that. He yeah, lied yeah. about his wife's name. He lied about his age. He lied about where he went to school. The whole thing, and we could have checked it. None of us. Nobody did. bothered to look. Yeah. Right. You know, Postman used to do an exercise to irk his
1: colleagues at Harvard. And what he would do is he'd he'd walk in on some random morning, uh, you know, to the elevator or down the hall, and he would just make up something, and he, he would say, "Hey." I just saw a thing studies have shown and, and he would make up some just bizarre thing. And <laughs> and people would people would immediately believe it without questioning it because studies have shown this, you know. Oh, so yeah. naturally if studies have shown it must be right. And and just this complete lack of discernment uh, and acceptance of something as fact without any uh, research, without any so much as, you know, checking to see if there even these studies exist.
0: You know? well, You're just taking it out of his word. We have a classic example right now uh, in Roe v. Wade, uh, where, gosh, I, Nathanson, that was the guy's name, uh, who was one of the uh, originators in the Roe v. Wade thing in terms of the research and, and pushing for it, uh, was he was the guy who came up with the figure that between 5,000 and 10,000 women died annually from illegal abortion. Now, he later changed his mind and became a pro-life person but he was asked later on and said well, where'd, you, where'd you come up with that figure and he said I made it up. Yeah I
1: made it up. I made it up the actual Think figure. Think the ramifications of, of that made up number.
0: Yeah absolutely and nobody checked. No, this is nobody... the thing that just
1: blows me away. And yeah you know, the problem with information overload is there's only so much time in a day only so much mental energy uh... to check everything you know we do operate with a certain level of trust and i think what we're learning is not to trust the media uh... to analyze events for us because they themselves have not thoroughly studied the event true uh, what happened in this case uh, the the mainstream media picked up something from social media and ran with it yes Without doing due diligence. This is a little bit like the professor who has to remind his class that Wikipedia might be a good place to start your research, yeah. but it does not qualify as a first source. No, it does not. <laughs> Nor does the Encyclopedia Britannica, for that matter. This is not first source research, although it might give you an entry point, and it's not to say that it isn't accurate, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't qualify as, as, as research. And and I think whenever you see anything on video, I got a lot of questions right up front. What's going on in the periphery? How did this happen? What happened before? What happened after? Yeah. Why was this camera here when this happened? You know, things like that. Uh, Even what the kids were doing, uh, you know, they kind of joined in the drumbeat. You know, the guy wasn't providing any context for what he was doing. He just kind of walked up and got really close in the, in the kid's personal space. And quite frankly, don't ever get that. Don't, don't ever invade my personal space. That close.
0: <laughs> I feel the Cause, same way.
1: Because that, that, ain't, that, ain't, that drum ain't banging for too long. I'm telling you, I do not like people close. And so the kid kind of stood his ground. But, but That's what you, you have a right to do. Yeah, he does. And, and, but, you know, they're saying, oh, they, they were disrespecting, um, they were disrespecting Native American culture. W- the way I saw it when I watched the longer version was they kind of took up the drumbeat as some of Mr. Phillips' cohorts who were marching with him were doing the same thing. And they were doing nothing else than what they do at Atlanta Braves or Kansas City Chiefs games. Okay, which I know, you know, for some people that that puts them over the cultural appropriation cliff. But uh, <laughs> if you watch the other football game on Sunday, you heard the exact same chant that the kids were doing at the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, eighty thousand people doing that because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, right or wrong, is it disrespectful of Native American culture? We can talk about that. But the kids are not doing anything off the charts they're they're not they're not
0: outside the realm of typical you know high school hum, you know, high school behavior but you also run into comments all the time on social media i know i do it says well the mega hat is automatically triggering it's a sign of racism it's a sign of blah 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 white supremacy therefore as opposed to maybe the pussy hat well, <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, the, uh,
1: <laughs> everything's a sign of something. Yeah, okay? of everything it is. is a sign of something. <clears throat> well, if if I, if, I'm if I give see if I here. see a guy with a turban on, you know, I I assume a few things about him first of all because it's a turban i don't assume that he's it is a muslim no, but i do chic. assume he's from india possibly uh, you yeah. know and so i take an interest uh if i see some some guy with uh with you know baggy pants i assume either he can't afford a pair of he lost a lot <laughs> of weight recently or he might you know pose a threat i don't care what race he is i just <laughs> pants are dangling around his knees it's just not a fashion statement in my book but we make assumptions that's why we wear clothing that's why we choose the clothing we choose to wear don't we yeah. right oh yeah you know we when we go to the office we dress a certain way because it, it conveys it's symbolic uh, when we go to church we dress a certain way as clergy we mm-hmm. dress a certain way because it's symbolic it conveys something and and people in seeing that symbol
0: uh interpret things correctly or incorrectly well for example i usually wear a cap that has a um, uh, reformation 500 on it uh and that's making a statement you know that i'm recognizing i'm a lutheran uh, I, uh not necessarily you could you could be a
1: presbyterian Oh, we we don't we don't we we didn't have we don't have a copyright on well, that. No, I guess that's right. Or we do we do we have a copyright on that? It, you know church? I don't know. Ask legal. I Ask will do that.
0: This. <laughs> but you you know you were talking about about how you don't put signs on your car. Now I do. No. I no. do. I've got over and above having a KFUO bumper sticker on it. I also have one sticker that says I don't believe the liberal media, and I've got another sticker that says I'm a member of the NRA. No, see, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not <laughs> doing that. Because, because
1: the, the California freeways. Are as big a magnet for crazy people as the Washington
0: Mall is. Okay, I mean it's yeah. just
1: it's, it's chaos out there. I don't need this. I do not need this at all. Yeah.
0: So, but no. then my neighbor across the street has a has a Black Lives Matter poster in the front yard. Another one saying that we believe love is love and on and and we get along. <laughs> we didn't get well, at each other's houses. How can you disagree with the, just the the literal sense of those signs? Well, because. One is a signal. Well, one oh, is exclusionary. See, symbolic. And has, symbolic. One value. is exclusionary, and the other, for example, love is love is love. I'm sure that the North American Man Boy Love Association endorses that position. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it, but but
1: you see what I'm saying. The the words not only have meaning in their literal sense, but they also have significance. And and I think we're a little bit deaf, dumb, and blind to symbol, the power of symbol. Occasionally, we have glimmers of it. If somebody does something not nice to the American flag, we get all up in arms about it. True. Right? See? So, but that's a symbol. It's not a sacrament. It's not, it's not divine. It didn't fall from heaven. Uh, but, but it stands for lots of things. When NFL players take the knee, the National Anthem, the symbolic gesture. Mm-hmm. And we, we orient around it. We're either in support of what they're doing or we're against what they're doing. And, and they're doing it without words. They don't say a word. It's just a gesture. But the, some, the symbolism conveys a lot of meaning. And it becomes kind of a, a test of where are you on the spectrum of opinion. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you flip a MAGA hat on, I mean, you may simply be wanting to make America great again, whatever that means. Uh, you may like red. It may have been free; they were giving it away down the street. So yeah, I'll take one of those. Um, who knows? But but it, it being a symbol, it's going to provoke
0: uh, response, and people are going to orient around that based on where they are in the spectrum of opinion. Well, I'll give you for instance here on how important symbols can be. Uh, I may have mentioned in the past. I'm, I am an avid video gamer, and one of your many vices. That's a virtue. Oh, I see. Okay. That's a very true... Video. You're a video game. You're too
1: old to be a video
0: Oh, what, you no, play? I'm not. Kong? Oh, I do all... the Donkey Kong? What do you mean? No, you no, 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 no. I do things like Hearts of Iron 4 and Silent oh, Hunter man. and World in Conflict. And, and, and uh too old for that You never, get, play, you never get above, like, level two, I would imagine. <laughs> well, it depends upon the game. <laughs> but uh, a lot Don't of Don't these- play with a 10-year-old. You'll, you'll humiliate yourself. <laughs> well... Well, you know, a lot of these games are uh, uh, a lot of them come from European companies, and a lot of the if you do any any online gaming, uh, those will be international. And in Europe, it is illegal to display a swastika. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of understandable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> However, it is not illegal to display a a uh, hammer and sickle.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, that that that's kind of interesting to me. I like... So Hitler, no good. Marx, okay.
1: Well, Lenin, Stalin, not, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cut them some slack. You know, it, it's, I, it's
0: arguable, I think, that Stalin killed more Soviets than Hitler did. Yeah, but,
1: well, okay. It's weird. That's yeah. what symbols are, though. I, I'm fascinated by symbol. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, in the church, mm-hmm. uh, because we have sacraments, and those are, those are instituted by God, so we don't get to play with those. God tells us what they mean and what they are. Yeah. But we have lots of symbols, You know i i know people who get a little nervous around say a crucifix rather than a cross for lots of arguments oh yeah it's a symbol it's a powerful symbol uh even the cross is a symbol and it's not necessarily a christian symbol it could be the symbol of mercy like the red cross Mm -hmm. or it could be the symbol of a tragic death like the crosses you see at the side of the road where somebody gets killed or it could be uh, a symbol of self-sacrifice, like you see the crosses at the national cemetery, or uh, we've got a big cross on uh, Marine Base down down Southern California. That's not a Christian statement. That's a statement about sacrifice for country. So you see that it's it's a multivalent symbol, the cross. Now, if you put a you put a body on it, that becomes uniquely Christian symbol because nobody true. Would a, nobody but a Christian would celebrate a crucified guy.
0: Yeah, but the cross, the, you know, oddly, the cross... It's amazing how many people just oppose the cross. I mean, the American Humanist yeah. Society, uh, yeah. freedom from religion. See, that's because
1: when they see the symbol, they see religion. Even though the people who put it up may not be religious. Mm-hmm. The Marines weren't intending to be religious when they put the cross up on that hill. Uh, that's a symbol of sacrifice for country. And indeed, the cross is in a in a christian context a symbol of sacrifice oh, yes. in a wider context the cross is a symbol of capital punishment it was rome's anti-terrorism campaign yes. so you know so you can look at it that way too uh, i would wager that in countries where they still crucify people and there are countries oh, yes. where they still Saudi crucify... Arabia. yeah um if you use that symbol there it's going to mean a lot it's going to evoke
0: a lot different response than it would mm-hmm. in our society well for example the the swastika long predates uh predates the nazis oh yes, of course it does, of course it does it, but but hitler Hitler knew how to
1: manage symbol and narrative hmm and and that's really you know if you want to see a good book on this uh gene edward beats postmodernism it's kind okay of, it was, it's it's a little dated now but it's a great primer to postmodern thinking and he talks about uh control of the narrative the person who controls the meaning of words and the symbols they have the power see and that's what you're seeing i think in in a lot of the engagements in the public square it's a struggle for who controls the narrative and the media is complicit they are they they are they are intentionally i would say intentionally framing the the narrative framing stories
0: a certain way so that you think a certain way about these they absolutely are I've, i've lectured in a couple of journalism classes and uh one of the questions i always ask the students is uh, why do you want to become a journalist and so many of them go well, i want to change the world ah and my reply throw to him them out of class right yeah. away. that's a, you know be good, study social science or yeah that's exactly right go, go
1: go somewhere else
0: yeah then be a social scientist you don't belong in journalism that's not your role you present the facts people will make their own decisions but, uh, oh, see, it's it's really in, in, in sort of getting into my first career thing
1: in science. It's mm-hmm. the same. It's the same problem with advocacy science, correct, where you are doing things where you're doing research, quote, unquote, to prove a point that you want to prove. Yeah, that's not science. No, science not. is asking a question where you don't know the answer, or it's positing a hypothesis where you want to see what happens if. You're not looking, you're not going in saying, um, I know this drug is harmless, so I'm going to do a bunch of tests to prove this drug <laughs> is harmless. No. <laughs> see, that's going to be a problem. Or, you know, whatever mm. your thing. You know, I, I know the answer ahead of time, therefore
0: I'm going to construct a series of experiments to prove that I'm right. we've got Cheryl on the line I want her to jump into this conversation Cheryl Cheryl. welcome to the program
2: thanks for taking my call if I can talk without coughing here but (laughs) I was was looking at all those videos and I was listening to you and you were talking from the standpoint of journalism I was thinking about it from the standpoint of I was a teacher I taught catechism to 7th graders I taught art to high school students and so I was looking at those videos from the standpoint of a former teacher. And what did you I looked at the initial video. I looked at all the stuff. I listened to a bunch of commentators, and I read a bunch of stuff. And the thing that appalls me is the way children are treated by adults. And it's not only an abortion thing. It's the way the the people, the adults that were there, that were not the chaperones of the children, but the adults that were there at the Lincoln Memorial, they, it was very clear that they were the ones that in, were intimidating the children. And the children responded admirably. And even in the initial video that they showed that uh, Nathan Phillips put out, and he's not a veteran, by the way.
0: He's a veteran. He just didn't serve in no, Vietnam. He,
2: yeah, he didn't serve. <laughs> yeah. well, the narrative there? grows. <laughs> but even the video that he put out, all you see is the young man standing there, and he's smiling. It's a Mona Lisa smile. It's sort of like a stressful situation because you have somebody with probably bad breath because you notice all the teeth that were missing mm-hmm. in the man's mouth, and he's yelling at you and banging a drum in your face. And he actually walked up to the boys and he did he picked on one boy and he concentrated on him and he kept doing it and he kept doing it and he kept doing it. And and the and then the way the the media treated the children. And then there were the, the that other group, the other group they were hurling insults at everybody. And all this stuff was ignored And they they looked at the children, and they said, oh, these boys must have done something wrong because they were there. And they had actually moved away from these groups, but that didn't do them any good because the groups approached them. The adults were intimidating as children. I mean, we should have laws against that. (laughs) We should have laws against people it intimidating children who are safe in their mother's womb—that <laughs> just brings me to tears every time I hear about that,
0: Cheryl. That is a wonderful point. I want to thank you so much for bringing it up, uh, Bill. Do you have a point to uh, to to make on it? I, th- I think she has a wonderful position, a, one- a wonderful point she raised.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I watched the short version the first time, I, I thought that the the high school kids acted quite admirably, um, mm-hmm. and 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 I also give a lot of credit. To uh, this Nicholas Sandman, who uh, actually endured the presence and the scolding of Savannah Guthrie, and and handled it very well. When when he grows older, I will vote for him, whatever public office he's running for. He's got he's got a very restrained demeanor. I thought they showed a lot of restraint. And and my and maybe it's a Rorschach thing, maybe it's you see what you want to see, but when I first viewed it, I thought that they were being confronted. When in fact I think they actually were confronted. They were oh, I don't think fir- they done first about by it. the let's let's savor it, the black Hebrew Israelites, which I'm still puzzling over. I've been doing a lot of research about them and they claim by divine revelation to be the lost tribes of Israel okay so right away you you know you've got i i think they are the catalyst for the 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 for the problem and they were the ones actually taunting uh the kids calling them racist calling them bigots saying that they were uh you know our nation's future school shooters blah 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 you know and these looked like some pretty clean-cut kids from uh an all boys uh you know catholic school that doesn't mean they're like you know pure as the driven snow but um, you could do worse, and they, they all look pretty good, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but I agree. I think they were in way over their heads, MAGA hats notwithstanding. They were in way over their heads. The uh, entering fifteen entering seconds now. We're running out. This public square that we talk about—it's—it's it's volatile, and and I think they should have been better chaperoned for this. And I think they conducted themselves quite well. And I think the adults. All the adults, and the
0: adults in the media ought to be ashamed of themselves. I agree with that, and I also agree with you. You know, I've, I've got a problem with people who invade my personal space. Do it at your own risk. Oh, you wouldn't be banging that drum too long <laughs> if you done that to me. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>